Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome. <laughs> oh my gosh, the episode six hundred one of Flow Wrestling Radio show, Live. Christian. We're having a show. <laughs> okay, hold on. I'll explain. <laughs> so every day, oh man, I'll do the intro. I'll say the names. I but Bracky got me. So every day after FRL, we have like we run the same little banner. The banners are the pictures on the front of the website, right? Yeah. And so instead of deleting the banner, we like Spay always changes it and moves it to the next day that we're going to be live. And he always will put like a funny little title. And today I forgot to change it. So if you're on Flow Wrestling right now, you can see, Bracky can maybe even screenshot it, that it says, I love you, man, instead of like, Luffman. Oh, I just saw that. I was wondering what that was. <laughs> so you put something funny every day, and I didn't change it, so the joke's on me. Um, Bracky, if you would change it to something yeah. generic and not that. Yesterday, uh, I think yesterday, it said, uh, Spade changed it to, what's next? Flow Wrestling Radio Dead? Um, <laughs> so you never know what it's going to say. It was just like a little joke between us, but this time it made huh. it to the site. So if you check around 8, 10... Uh, and we there haven't changed yeah. it yet. There yeah, go. there it is. I love you, man. <laughs> I love you too, Spay. Um, so, yeah, that's why I laughed. But I'm joined by Ben and Kyle. They're great, as you know, uh, because you've listened to around 600-ish episodes of these. So, appreciate that. Hey, um, Christian, I wanted to start the show with the, the, the question I, I was not answering yesterday, which was the best scrambler. Let's do it. Well, you know what I, I was thinking? Uh, this is funny. I was actually thinking that some of the best ones, uh, well, yes, just right away when it was asked, that some of the best ones are in the Ivy Leagues, like specifically Cornell, and then you'll know, catch a collision pretty good. And I then thought back to our funky, fresh scrambling camps, and I always think a disproportionate amount of the kids who, who end up D1 who come to that camp are at Ivy League. So I think there's something about intellect and wanting to use your intellect to be better at wrestling versus just the brute force method, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, which I think you should use both of them. I, I don't think you should pick one or the other. You love brute but force. I yeah, listen. I don't love anything. Sometimes you got to use what you got to use. That's yeah. what I, I always tell kids: don't get emotionally tied to anything. Um, just be open to whatever is going to help you win the most. Right. Um. So yeah. So obviously Cornell would have a whole bunch, right? They would have Yanni Vito's amazing. Ben Darmstadt's amazing. Um. Uh, Patrick Gore is really good. So a lot of the guys aren't wrestling. 
And then I also thought a lot of the guys who were really good, say like a Seth Gross, graduated last year. Mm -hmm. So when I was looking at the list, I'm not even really considering anyone all that far down in the rankings because, in my opinion, if if you use your scrambling effectively, you should be really good. And if you're right. not really good, then you're not using scrambling effectively. And I see this a lot with high school kids where they get too emotionally tied to one specific style of wrestling, and it's actually ineffective towards winning. Right. Um, and the way I view it is scrambling should be an asset of your overall game. Um, and I, you can see when people are missing it, but it should be an, an asset. Um, last just overall thought before I pick a few winners is Penn State – had some guys who were kind of like all-time scramblers, in my opinion. Nolf, Nickel, Taylor, Ruth. Like, really, really, really high-level guys. Yeah. And when I looked through their roster, there's no one on their list right now that I'm like, ooh, they're great. You know, they're really high-level. Even like a Mark Hall was a really high-level scrambler. Yeah. Now on their team, um, I don't see anyone that I love. So I think we're a little bit down on the scramblers this year compared to where, where we have been. Yeah. What do you think? Um. Well, to your point, I think we had a little transcendent run there just with the Penn State guys alone was was pretty yes. crazy and that they all implemented scrambling well. Now, a little bit with Penn State is kind of, well, we'll see, right? I think, one, I think Kimmer is pretty good. I know that he's not at Penn State, but I'm just that just came to my mind. But yes. Nick Lee, I think, is fair, and he can do some stuff. But, you know, yep. we'll see where, like, a Staraki is scrambling-wise. I have no idea the yep. scrambling of, of Bo Bartlett. Um and yeah, those are two guys that we, we don't really know yet, so I figured yeah. I wouldn't judge them. And I guess Aaron Brooks maybe is not, I don't not know. Not much. Not yet. Yeah. Not in terms of the scrambling. So, yeah, you're right. Uh, but we'll see how they develop, right? Yes. So, okay, without further ado, and no, I didn't put them in a particular order. Um, Sammy Alvarez at number six, 133 pounds. I yeah. think he's really good, but he does rely a little too much on ankle passes and far ankle situation where I think he should more, add some more scrambles to his game. Um, and, you know, I, I was actually just talking to Evan Wick about how much my scrambling developed over the course of my college career. And what I was as a senior was significantly different than what I was as a freshman. So I think that I think he could keep developing. He's definitely got some potential. Uh, I like a lot of things he does. Uh, 133, number one, Dayton Fix. He does some really good things. You know, obviously scrambling is not maybe his go-to, but he does do a handful of things really well. 141, Jade Ironman is really, really good. We all know that. That's kind of, we just saw him actually piece up another pretty good scrambler, Chad Red. He created mm -hmm. him. I think he created him twice, right? Yes, I, I believe so. I think twice. Um, I couldn't believe he, he didn't pin him, actually. <clears throat> I agree. I couldn't believe he uh, broke out of that lock. He should squeeze squeeze that thing a little tighter. Yeah, brute force. Sometimes you got brute force, a man, because you got to put the squeeze on him. Yeah. Okay, 49, uh, 49 is fun. I think uh, Deacon and Mahler are both pretty good scramblers. Uh, and then Sammy Sasso is really high level. He... Uh, he does rely too much on the Terrell position, though. So, again, like Alvarez, he needs to develop more positions that he's really high level at. He's very high level at the Terrell, but now everyone knows it's coming, so they they, they don't get themselves in there all, all that often. And if he was more diverse, it would be much better for him. And it seems like um, they know how to – when they know it's coming, maybe he can get to it, but guys can stalemate it out, whereas previously yeah. he would score. But they're like, okay, we know where he's going when I do get in on the leg, so if I just yeah. put my head here – Get a restart. Yeah, so, and that, that's why if you diversify a little bit, they can't do that because 
essentially, uh, without getting too deep, you'll start going through this funnel and then, you know, they, they'll think you're going away from what you were going to and, and they'll let down their guard a little bit and they'll try wrestling and then you can go back to what you wanted to go to if you find a few new ways to set it up and it would make you significantly more effective. Um, yeah, 165, 157. I, I like some of the things Kendall Coleman does. I haven't watched him a ton, but um, I, I think he's got some pretty good stuff. 65. Um, there's no one at that weight that I was like, ooh, this this guy's really, really high level, um, at least in the top 10. Okay. Um, I think Makai is up. up there. Makai does some pretty freaky counter stuff. Maybe but not. It's, it's more, it's not where I would deem in the realm of. Yeah. Uh, scrambling it was more like uh his balance i mean his balance is so high level right when you get a single leg in the air it's so hard to score on him yeah um his sprawl looks extremely strong but not like he's not passing legs he's not trailing he's not doing a whole Far bunch ankle. of these different yeah yeah he's not doing those things so i feel like you can't really count him um to your point at 174 michael kemmer is really good uh mikey labriola was good i, mm -hmm. I want to say all of his takedowns are scored off scrambles against patrick kennedy actually um and let's see 84 i'm not really eh, no no one there that i, I love in the scrambling game so many brutes, i feel like 84 is like always like the brute weight class no matter yeah. it's like i mean there's obviously been some good scramblers in there but it just seems like for whatever reason like just just the the most diesel of diesel dudes. Uh oh, you're all right. Joked on my coffee. I'm good, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you glitched uh, yesterday. Today okay. you're choking on coffee. coffee. Maybe they could, maybe see how trying to get me. Uh, 197. I love Camp Caffey, but who I came down to be number one. I did not say his name yet. Christian Piles. You know who I think is number one, but no one no one realizes it. Spencer freaking Lee. Ah. Because. Yes. I started thinking about some of his scrambles with Vito in the U.S. Open. I started thinking about some of his uh, scrambles with Patrick Glory, where we were like, damn. You know, it was one of those things where I was like, Glory's doing everything right here, but Spencer's just better, you know? Mm -hmm. um, he had some good ones against Pitch. Had some great ones uh, in the Suriano NCAA final. There's some crazy scrambles in that one. Yeah, and we don't get to see it that often because usually it's just like high crotch, then tilt, 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 tilt. And... But I will not let myself be misled just because I cannot see something doesn't mean it's not there because the few times I have seen it, I've been very, very, very impressed. I'm sort of surprised you didn't uh, – one, I agree. Uh, two, I'm surprised you didn't mention Roman. I feel like – Man, feel like his, to me, his stuff's more like down block go-behinds and great movement. Um, I guess I've seen him do some pass, great scrambles. He'll pass legs, right? A, a little bit, but I don't think that's like a huge part of his game. What about the, the his uh, DeSanto counter where he pulls the near ankle up? I mean, that's wouldn't you consider that? You know, attack, mm. DeSanto's in, he's attacking that's the foot. That's too basic. DeSanto's just a dummy. <laughs> it's like kind of like not he kind of went to – Well, he is. He stepped the leg up and he got cradled twice. That is not a very smart thing to do, Christian Piles. Well. Um, let's see. I don't know. Would I consider that a scramble? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a really low-level Chirella type position. Um, but why did – no, uh, I guess it's a scramble. I guess so. He'll I mean, far he just pulled ankle, his ankle, too. Just those stepped up, and then boom, you took him over. Yeah. I guess it's a scramble. I think it's a scramble. I mean, I think he'll attack far ankle and stuff as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's pretty scrambling. I mean, he's uh, he, he's sort of tough to put in a, in a box, and it's far from yeah. the entirety of what he does, but I, I think he's pretty solid there. So Spencer Lee, number one, number one at brute force, number one scrambling, number one rank. He's number one a lot of things. He's, he's number one a lot of things. Yes, yes, absolutely right. Uh, oh, and well, yes, I'm, obviously, I, I didn't mention either my any of my athletes, but I think you know, I think Keegan will establish himself. And you know, I'll just tell I, I told Peyton this before, but I think he relies too much on his scrambling, actually. Um, and I think he's smart enough to improve some of the other aspects of his game, where said someday we'll see his brilliance in the scrambling. Nice, nice. Well, yeah, we're excited to watch those guys. Um, so pretty, pretty fun week of weekend, I guess, coming of, of wrestling. Sad though, Northern Colorado, Oklahoma State canceled, postponed. I'm not sure what? which, but it's not, it's not happening. I'm On sorry. which side? Uh, sounds like Northern Colorado side. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so they were supposed to duel Air Force last weekend. That ended up getting postponed, and they did some individual matches with guys that were good. Um, but they must have continued to have some issues this week. Yeah, bummer. Um, I feel like it's going to be an all too common thing. We're going to see a lot of. Yep. But. Main thing is just getting to the end, right? And then see where we're at. Uh, yeah. So, well, there, man, that's why we talked about this yesterday, but how teams, I think they should pare their rosters down in February because of this, um, what's this clause that if you have X amount of positives, your whole team has to get shut down. But if you don't make it on your team, there's a lower chance of that. Because could you imagine, like, Iowa, for example, let's say Iowa, just because they're number one, and three of Iowa's backups test positive. Could you imagine mm-hmm. the whole team can't go because three backups says positive? Yeah, that would Holy be bad. Holy crap. That would be bad. So that's a bummer. But we're still going to get a lot of wrestling this weekend, uh, a lot to be excited about. Um, I also want to talk Hodge a little bit because I think it's going to be an interesting year for the, for the Hodge Trophy because yeah. whereas, like, you can have standings and they can kind of shift and change and, like, you know, the – Vegas Midland scuffle like will weed out a lot of like undefeated guys. We're gonna have way more wrestlers mm-hmm. in contention. Um, you know, I'm curious how the Big Ten's affected in that they're gonna have hit the most elite competition, which is kind of always how it goes. But maybe it'll be a little, maybe there'll be fewer undefeated guys out of the Big Ten. I don't know. Um, yeah, well, but the strength of schedule, Kristen, that that's going to hurt non-Big Ten guys because everyone's going to say, well, they didn't wrestle this person, this person, this person. Well, you know, it's impossible because the Big Ten's not along outside of Big Ten competition. So, man, it, it's going to be, like you said, a very hard year to choose because of, number one, lack of matches. Number two, um, crossover of competition. You're not going to get to see uh, a bunch of it. Yeah. Um, who, who, who are the top – Five or so in your mind of of guys who are going to win Hodge. Let's go with like likelihood, not rankings right now, because you really can't rank them right now. It's like who do you think are the top five ish or so? Why do you think anyone can beat uh, Spencer Lee? I I just think that it's like if I was placing betting odds on this right now, um, I would be like plus a thousand for Spencer Lee. I'm sorry, minus a thousand for Spencer Lee. And if there was no no threat of him getting coronavirus, like I knew he was already positive, I'd put it at like must minus two thousand. Like I think there's I, 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 who's going to beat him. Well, I think I, there's one guy that can. I think Gable. Yeah, Who? Gable. Yes, and I think here's here's 
the case for Spencer, how Spencer doesn't win the Hodge. One, Soriano comes back and that makes it really interesting. And they have tough battles at Big Tens and NCAAs. Um, two, th- there's basically no scenario where Spencer doesn't bonus everyone not named Nick Soriano. I just can't fathom it. Um, yeah. But there's well, a there's, chance. There's been, there's been one or two in the, in the course of Spencer's career where um, it's been someone good, but he's maybe had a letdown in performance and not not got a bonus. I think of Jack Medley would be one. You know, Jack Medley, he's good, but he's not a world beater. Yeah. Um, so there, that was the only one last year, there. though. He had a weird one against Chattanooga. Um, he won bit big, obviously, but I don't. Yeah. He either bonus or barely bonused um, a guy that you know probably at NCAs he pins he in won- under a minute. 16-5 against Fabian Gutierrez last year. It was a um, weird match, though, if I remember. I mean, that's the standard with Spencer, yeah. right? 16-5. Yeah, but then, like, so he had the he had the four over four uh, zero over Sean Russell a couple years back. I mean, obviously, I, I think Spencer Lee last year was different than Spencer Lee the the previous years. Um, but he has had a few of those like closer type matches. Seven uh, four over Seabass. You know, when Seabass was over six. He had the close one over, um, or no? He oh my gosh, he lost to Ronnie Bresser. Holy crap! I forgot about that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So there's a possibility. I think it's a very very small possibility, but I think there's a decent possibility. Gable doesn't bonus a reasonable amount of people. Also, if he if he see have a hard time with Big Tone. Yeah, we're hard time a lot this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there could be three or four where he doesn't bonus also. But you could also then give him the edge for strength of schedule. Yeah, quality of competition. So if he does that. that, Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I mean, if you've got Gable, Mason, uh, if Kirkfleet emerges, um, I think think it's going to be tough to consider Kirkfleet as a a bonus in your Hodge campaign when he's probably only going to wrestle conferences and NCAs if he does wrestle. But... um, you know, someone like Cassiope, et cetera, would can sort of enhance Gable's thing. And if he can separate from those guys, that can be a plus in, in his category. The, where Spencer's yeah. going to have an advantage is going to be probably in bonus and pins. Uh, Gable, to this point, he does have a pin, but he's got like a um, – he's gotten techs. And Two techs and a pin. Right. Gable so, should just learn how to pin people. It's so much easier at heavyweight. I don't know what his problem is. Um. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to ignore that statement. No, I'm not going to ignore it. It's, uh, I think uh, it's maybe it's easier once they're on their back to pin them, but I think maybe it's well, tougher I did, to get them Remember, on their back. I did this research because yeah. I thought it was going to be uh, harder yeah. for people because I had the same theory. I was like, harder to get them on their back once they're there, pin automatically. Yeah. Um, yeah. And heavyweights actually was one of the weights that had the most pins at NCAAs over the past oh. decade. Um, so I don't know. Yep. He's not great on top. Like he can ride. He doesn't have a yeah, lot but of here, turns. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Once someone is so demoralized that he's taken him down like six times, he just has to have like one move where they're like, F my life. I just want out. It puts the one move on him. <laughs> Boom. It's done. But that's the thing, Christian. It's the thing. I tell kids all the time, like especially at the high school level, these dumb, dumb kids, they take, they take a kid down once and they try to pin him the whole time. And it's like, but the match is still two to zero. Mm-hmm. The guy still thinks he has a chance. Like, tenderize him a little bit, take him down four times, make it eight to two or eight to three. Then then they hate their life. They're embarrassed. They don't want to be out there. Then they're way easier to turn over. Yeah. How many pins do you think you got like that? Um, Or you just demoralize the guy? Um, 
Well, earlier in my career, that would probably have been a, a majority of them. As I got better, I would pin a lot of guys because I just was good at fighting those positions. But there was a lot early in my career where it was, you know, it was a demoralization process. So they don't want to fight so hard. Hi, right, guys, are you laughing? I'm so serious. No, I, listen, no one wants it's to get pinned. But no, you, it's true. If you make them hate their life enough, then they, they don't hate getting pinned as much. Yeah, it's just it's just a dramatic term, demoralization, hate their life. It's funny. Is I what it is. It's true. It's absolutely true. You you're gonna go over a lot easier when you're down like twelve or fourteen than if it's two zero. It's just uh it's just, yeah. and you and you also have more energy at that point too to, to fight. Um, yes. Think about how heavy how tired these heavyweights are after Gable's taken them down like six times. Yeah. He does have a good cow, cow catcher, catcher, and that's why he pinned the kid in thirteen seconds. And if he gets him real tired, he can do the Metcalf. Run yeah. around front. Yeah, he needs to get that one. Get get the hammerlock going. J Rob always showed the hammerlock. Put it on the hammerlock. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Um, so yeah, we're 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 trying to help Gable on top. It's nice of us, I guess. Uh, I actually, you know, Gable, if you fly down to Milwaukee, I got this one pinning combination that I could, I think, it'd help him once the guy's tired. What? I do a new version of the cow catcher because I learned how to do a one-arm guillotine in uh, jiu-jitsu where you really choke people, but the referees don't know you're choking them, right? So it's all good. So it's a one-arm. So it, well, ex well, it's like it more. it's like the cow catcher. It, it's like the cow catcher, but uh -huh. it's just got uh, you know it's got a couple little variations that make it significantly more effective against high-level guys. So instead of the chin, you're somehow on the. No, no, I'm on, I'm on the chin, but most guys go too deep around the chin is their problem, and that lets the back of the head get up. Um, and the way I do it, I can capture the chin and keep the head down, and I can really choke them. Um, and then I just put them on their back. Call that a win-win. Nice you can choke Absolutely. them, keep the head down. So, yeah, I, it's hard to see a scenario where Spencer Lee or Gable aren't on top of the the Hodge Trophy. I mean, the, the one thing is, you know, Gable can LOL, but if Mason somehow can do it, uh, I think we're not really Ooh. there. Think, this guy is gonna. He is going to have the bonus numbers. Good. Mason, Mason is gonna bonus a ton of guys, and he he's a pinner too. So he's Wait, gonna he have this. Though? Uh, I don't know. They'll uh, they'll very likely hit it at Big Ten. They don't do. They do not NCAAs. duel, but they'll hit at Big Tens and, and likely NCAs. So they would meet twice then. Yeah, I likely. feel like the case for Gable and Mason is also the case for Spencer, really, because those two are gonna. There's a chance that they beat each other up or or hold each other to decisions, whatever and allowing Spencer to move up. But at the same time, it's also the point for them in that they're so good, it's going to make the other resumes look better. So yeah. now, who else is in consideration there that you consider? I don't think anyone at 133 because... Nobody. I think I would pick Dayton or Michich probably to win right now, and they're not going to have the... He's going to get like five matches. Yeah, they're not going to have the matches to do it. An outside shot would be like for... Roman maybe or or DeSanto, but I just I just don't see it. Uh, Forty one, I feel like Nick Lee is going to be a big bonus point guy. They need to get matches, um, but I I think he's someone that can put himself in the conversation. If you look at how much he bonuses, he's going to be interesting. But he's got Jaden Ironman and Sebastian Rivera in his conference, and I don't know that he's better than either of those guys necessarily. Uh, Jaden. Jaden beat him at NCAAs a couple years ago, I know, but then Nick Lee beat him pretty soundly at Senior Nationals and Freestyle, so what's that? And then there's Sebastian Rivera, who I don't think is going to be in consideration for the Hodge, but he's definitely 
maybe most people's pick to win NCAs at 141. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's certainly mm-hmm. in that conversation. But I think that weight is too good. When you combine, they're all too good, and they're in the same conference. I think they all just yeah. disqualify each other. And none of them are going to have. I mean, I don't know. So I just feel like I feel like we're going through these weights, and in normal years, I think this would be more reasonable. But when you have someone who's setting the bar as high as Spencer, Spencer is setting the bar, um, and then you have someone behind him who you know is going to be almost equally as dominant in Gable, I feel like it's like really hard to even for me to even consider other people. Yeah, I agree. Um, but we should still talk about them, right? Like who do we okay, think is sure. likely? You know, 49, uh, I have a tough time with any of them because I – you know, No, no, I don't think so. 57, I don't think Deacon or Hydley or Carr are bonus enough, and I think there's going to be some cannibalization there. I think they're – although they're not going to wrestle each other. They're all in three separate conferences – so they're going to all mm-hmm. probably – Deacon, Hydley, and Carr will probably all be undefeated going into NCAAs. And how big will that one seed be? I'm probably leaving someone out. I'm going to yell at But um, how big will that one seed be? Because the two and three are going to be so good and likely hitting the semis. Um, that's That'll be interesting to note. Um, yeah. And that's, that's a tough I, feel, I don't feel like you left someone out. I feel like those are the very clear top three. Jesse Delvecchia of Riders at number four, and I, I feel like that's a – No, that's a, yeah. there's major separation there. Uh, okay, 65, Not. I don't think Makai will bonus enough to surpass any of those guys. Bull, maybe I mean, outside are we, shot. Are we even, yeah. Man, after what we saw out of Makai versus Karchula, it's, it's hard not wanting to consider Marinelli in this because I do Karchula consider whooped him. his butt. Yeah, yeah, Karchula whooped his butt. I mean, that was not competitive. Karchula's not out for the season. Yeah, that was impressive. Yeah, I absolutely consider Marinelli in the mix. 74, Kimmer missing time. That's not going to help. I think missing matches is going to hurt you, especially when you're only going to get, like, you know, a handful of them. Uh, if if Do we know how long he's going to be out, Christian? Apparently he's going to be back this week. Okay. So that'll be uh, that'll be good. Um, who else is 74, though? You know, we, we like Staraki, but we're putting – Cartway in front of the horse there. Massa. Labriola, Massa. I just don't see those guys. Plus, all Big Ten, so they're going to beat each other up. So I don't think anyone from yeah. 74. 84, if Brooks has really turned a corner, like, you know, Rumor Mill kind of suggests, maybe he can come out and be a big bonus guy. But that weight's so good uh, with Amin there and the emerging Nelson Brands, Bronagol, Rocky Jordan. But if, if Brooks is hey. re- separated, who knows? Do these extra matches actually count on the records? Yes. Bro, I'd be telling Coach Smith, like, line me up. Line me <laughs> up like five of them. I'm just going to go out there and deck them all in 10 minutes. Put my – put my. that's what Gable should be doing right now. Gable should be saying, line them up. Give me the duel. Give me one after the next. <laughs> Man. Boom. And Who's... then I'm going to get my – Yeah, up. the other team's got to agree yeah, to that. What coach is going to send a, their backup heavyweight out against Gable? <laughs> To, to whose give benefit him, is that? Give me him. Give me him. Start calling them all out. Put them all out there. Yeah, you. you yeah, if I'm if I'm coaching against Gable, I'm not giving him any more uh, any more oh. sacrifices than the the ones that are given out. Same with Spencer. Give me the 97 pounders too. Oh my, yeah, <laughs> an undersized an undersized backup, even better. Uh, what could go wrong? Seriously. 97. I don't think you know. Noah Adams is uh, he's a good bonus guy. 
Like but barely beat your your fr- true freshman guy that you like. He's coming. Hey, big match for for uh, Andy Smith. Andy Smith J I L O barely this weekend. Um, it was close. Barely is a stretch. Barely is not a stretch. It was, it was like, like seven two, wasn't it? It was closer than that. I, I think, think seven four, and there was a takedown in like the last twenty seconds. Took this man down. You can't oh be can't take down by 15-year-old true freshman if you're going to win the Hodge. Listen, I mean, no one's the Hodge. He's you won 37 did. matches in a row, though. I know that. 37 in a row. That's pretty good. Uh, listen, Hodge Trophy was very important to me to the fact that I had to go get some – I had to put some overtime in to make sure I ensured my stats were good enough to get it done. That's just – some of these guys should take a lesson. Gable should be going to other coaches and, come on, man, <laughs> give me that dude and that dude, right? Put them put out there. I'm going to go get some bonus points. Uh, Spencer Lee should be doing the exact same thing. These guys, I want to see these guys want this Hodge Trophy. I want to see them put in extra effort. Let's go. Okay. It was seven to three, which means it was seven to one with like twenty seconds left. Yeah, but barely. He smelled blood. Andy Smith smelled blood. He just ran out of time. He didn't lose. He just ran out of time. That's the Mamba mentality from Andy Smith. Uh, okay, so Andy Smith would have been on the Hodge list, but. Early uh, early match. His time will come, though. His time will come. So that's pretty much it. That's the that's the Hodge discussion. Gonna be an interesting year. I don't for... like I don't like how you guys are boohooing my extra match strategy. Listen, I'm you not, guys gotta want no one, it. No one Listen, I get two votes. I get two votes. If one of these guys shows me they want it and they earn it, I'm gonna give them the damn votes. Wait, you get two votes? No, you don't. I got two trophies, don't I? I you get don't two get votes. two. Vo- <laughs> I know, but do they actually count your vote as two votes? I get two votes, Bracky. <laughs> Can you split your vote? Can you go one for Gable, one for Spencer? No, they get both my votes. They get both my votes. You wouldn't Wh- split it. Whoever shows, whoever shows they want it gets two votes. So, oh, listen, I'm not poo-pooing it. I just live in the real world where I can't see Brandon Egham going up to Tom Brands and saying, hey, coach, you want to throw Costello out there too? Uh, who else listen, you got? I'm not, even, I'm not even asking Brandon Egham to do it. I'm telling Gable to go do it. Gable, you walk your happy butt over there. You tell Tom Brands, I want that guy. I want that guy. Put him on the mat. 630 sharp. I'll be there. Okay. There's nothing wrong. That's uh, We're all great. In what world would they agree to that, Ben? It's not It's what? not the Southeast Missouri Open that you can just enter. It's, they I have to would, select Listen, here's match. what I would do. I would have a cameraman walking behind me, and I'd say, Tom Brands, if they don't show up at 630 sharp, they're cowards. And I'd give them a crazy stare. <laughs> they show up. Okay. You cannot um, back down from a challenge like that, Christian. You can't do it. They certainly will. Um, yeah, I don't know. But you know what? Maybe if he starts putting it out there, maybe he'll put some pressure. But the, I think the, he should put it out there. And it gave no. It's it would be it would be stupid. <laughs> I would I would. It would be stupid, Christian. No, it would not be stupid. It would be the greatest bit ever. It would be the greatest bit ever. Ever in college wrestling, if Gable started walking up to other coaches and saying, I want that guy, and I want that guy, you put him out there, I'm getting the bonus, would be the greatest thing that's ever happened in college wrestling. That's, well, one, no. But two, I don't think that's stupid. I think it would be stupid for any coach to agree to send their backups out there voluntarily against Gable. What they just want, come on, it's one match. Take an ass whooping. Who hasn't taken an ass whooping before at some point? Good point. Good point. Uh, all right. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure there's so much incentive for the other coach to boost Gable's Hodge stats that they just won't be able to resist. Uh, well, no, it will. It won't be. It won't be incentive. They, they will be incentivized by the fact that he walks up and calls the other heavyweights a coward if they don't show up. 
Like Christian, have you ever been in elementary school? And the one dude says, meet me on the playground at 3 p.m. And dude, if you don't show show. up at 3 p.m. on the playground, it's embarrassing. You're a coward. You got to show up at 3 p.m. on the playground. So listen, if Gable says 6.30 sharp, meet me in the center of the damn mat over there. The referee blow the whistle. Let's get after it. They got to show up. Okay. Gable, I hope you're listening. I know you aren't. No, Gable, listen, he follows my Twitter. He should, you guys should uh, send me uh, a clip of this, and then I'll post it, and I'll tag Gable, and then and then we got a gimmick going. All right, let's get the gimmick going. Hey, Tyler, Tyler, I know you're listening. Can you send me a clip of this afterwards? <laughs> he's got the clips. He says he's got Oh, he's already got a timestamp. Boom. Sweet. Okay, let's talk about Wait, quick, Christian, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can you imagine if Gabe Blaster starts doing this and then other people who are contending for Hodges, they're like, I have to do this too. And then everyone starts doing it. <laughs> that would be so great. We get all these extra matches. So many. Yeah. Spencer and Gable should just wrestle each other for the Hodge. They should. Yeah. And it would be just like blood, bloodbath open. Like the greatest <laughs> guys in college, the top eight college wrestlers just calling out back, backups. <laughs> just slaying them. I love it. You know, I was thinking, um, I was watching the Nebraska duel and or Nebraska Iowa duel. I was like, how many w- weights could Spencer go up and beat Nebraska's starter? Like a great team. How many? Like he would certainly win twenty five and thirty three. Could he? Could yeah. Spencer Lee beat Chad Red? Mm, I don't know. That's a lot of weight. And Spencer's small too. I mean, he's he is, not a big twenty five. I think he's gotten. Does he? Does he have to weigh in at twenty five or no? Yeah, let's say yeah, he's, he's got to wrestle the 25 pounds. He's got to beat Liam Cronin. Yeah. Uh, you don't uh, think he could beat Chad I mean, Red? I think it's I think it's tough. I I think I'm giving him a chance for sure. Uh, maybe even consider him the favorite, but that's that's a lot of weight. I kind of think he'd beat him. I think he could get the. I I don't know. <clears throat> you hear some of these stories, so you know stories get out about. Guys that are like the best dudes in the room, right? You think like Zane back in the day, they said he was going up way and way and was like the best guy in the room there. Like he was beating really even over like David. No, 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 no. Sorry, like the team he was on. Like he was like oh the team got like beating off, beating Chenzo. Um, you know maybe even Mark. Like he was like the baddest dude in the room there. Um. So I think about Wait, that. Zane was beating Mark Hall at 174? No, I don't know that. I'm saying he was like beating oh. Chenzo like routinely. Really? Yeah. Wow. Like Chenzo's Good. tweeted about it. Yeah. And the, like the year he won NCAAs. So mm-hmm. you think about that. It's like, okay, well, if that can happen there, you know, if you're – and Spencer's got that freak strength, maybe he could. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's un, yeah. uh, I don't think it's unheard of. Couldn't you – how how far up could you go in, in Missouri? I was beating everybody. Okay. Yeah, you were beating Mark Ellis, weren't you? Yeah, but he was a national champion. I think the year he won nationals, he started beating me. Um, if not, if not, he was definitely beat me the year after that because one of those years he got really big. I don't recall which year it was. Yeah, so you could beat – I was good at wrestling heavyweights, though, because I understood the strategy of wrestling heavyweights. It's very so – you So you could beat Raymond you Jordan. You could beat your brother. You could beat – um, Max was number one at 197 for a long portion of that year. Yeah, right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't know, it happens. I mean, if freaking yeah. yeah, I'm I'm uh, surprised you're not for all your. No, I, I, I 
I said I think he's the favorite. Okay. Yeah. It just does worry me though because in matches, um, in matches at sometimes Spencer has, um, you know, gotten tired. And I know people hate that narrative, but if we look back at some, I mean, especially if we look back at some of the old matches. I just, I just look back through his wrestle stat, which is why they're all so clear in my head. Um, you know, and I think Chad Lee or Chad Red would probably be strong enough to maybe if he get, if he gives it the first takedown, which he likely will, to kind of base out and not give up his wrist. Mm-hmm. And if he can go two zero into the second period, um, I think it's going to be really competitive. And I think on top, he would have a good chance at riding Spencer because you know obviously the, it's a it's a gigantic size advantage. It's you know, twelve to fifteen percent. If Iowa wasn't so good at 33 or whatever, it would be interesting if Spencer like took some bump ups to, to yes. boost his Hodge case. But I don't think we'll see that in any duels because every duel is pretty big with the Big Ten. And also it's like, who wrestles 25? What do you do with DeSanto? But it would be fun. Maybe some uh, exhibitions with some 33s. Maybe he can do that. Yeah, that would be awesome. I mean, that would boost his, boost his stats for the Hodge for sure. Spencer, you should think about it. Uh, I think he probably thinks uh, if I do what I'm supposed to do against the matches I have scheduled, I'll I'll just get that. Uh, okay, so let's talk about some of these duels. There's a few I want to discuss, uh, starting with Friday's tomorrow's Minnesota versus Iowa duel. Um, I put in some some imaginary betting lines, uh, point spreads, if you will, for for this duel. I have Iowa as a 24 point favorite over Minnesota. Damn. Um, and I maybe, right. yeah, I think it's probably about right. Um, so <laughs> are you serious, Christian? What? Spencer minus 15. Minus oh, 15. Patrick. Absolutely. But Christian, you're, no, you got, okay, listen, uh, that's funny. It is. But, uh, if it's a 15, it's a push. So you have to either, you have to go 14 no. and a half, I think. No, you don't. You can, he could tech, you could tech by more than, um, <laughs> Potentially, I mean, it happens yeah, all. Look, go look through Spencer's um, tech fall sure. resume. But if he gets up by fifteen and it's over, then it's a push, which that that's crap. Um, what, what happens if he pins him? What happens? Then? That would be a like the over. Um, no, I think that I think that that's interesting. What in about wrestling, the spread? I, what if you I bet the spread? What would happen with the, the pin? Spread. You win. Yeah, you win. Not? Okay. No, it dissolves. It's got a, it's got a, what's it called when bets don't count because something push. doesn't happen like. Okay, here's his no, no, text. No, like, like, Here, what? Hold on. Uh, I was going to pull up his text. No, I, I believe you that I believe you that it could be more than 15. I'm just saying if it were to end at 15 and it's a push that's really annoying. No, but that's part of the called, bet. Okay. If there's a fight if a fight that's going to happen um and then somebody misses weight and the fight doesn't happen, the bet is just n- null and void, right? You get your money back that you mm-hmm. bet. Yeah. So I think that's what happened in the case no. of a pin. No. If Oh, in the case of a pin, no, I think that would be like the over of the point spread hitting. So his You'd text, have to, but that doesn't make sense, Christian. Because what if the match was minus fifteen? What if it was within four points, and then there's a pin? I mean, I guess you you could you could make wrestling specific betting lines. Yeah. Um. Okay, wrestling specific. You could just say that if in the event of a pin, the over automatically wins. You okay. could very easily say right, that. So his tech falls. 16, 15, 18, 18, 15, 15, 15, 16, 17, 18. Like he, 17, 18, 15, 16, 18, 16. 
So more, most of his texts are over 15 points. The vast majority. Yeah. So what, where, where are you putting your money? Spencer Lee minus 15. Um, hmm. This is a tough one. I'm going. Uh, I'm gonna. I would. This is one where. Okay, really. If I'm looking at a line, I wouldn't bet this because I can definitely see it going both ways. I, I maybe uh, I try to bet things that are more uh, more for sure. Uh, if you have a gun to my head and you force me to bet this, I'll go Spencer the over. Yeah, because you get the you win if he pins and you win if he wins by sixteen or more. This is yeah. against the number nine ranked guy Why in the country. Why do you guys keep saying over? It's a spread. Oh, okay. What? What, yeah, what should I say? It. It's the you spread. If if it was over, you'd have a total, like yeah, a match you beat total. The spread. Okay, you beat the spread. So he covers. Covers. Yeah. So you're saying if he pins, uh, Spencer covers. Covers. The spread. Covers. Yes. Okay. Pardon my my terminology. Then yeah, I would take Spencer minus fifteen. Then. Okay. What do you think about this one, Brayton Lee versus Caleb Young? I say minus and Brayton a slight favorite here. So I think sometimes you could just do. Uh, you, uh, I'll go Brayton. I mean the minus one's kind of annoying because I could definitely see it being a one point match, which then again is a push also. Right. Um, I'll go Brayton. Yeah, I think he's just. Uh, he's a uh, his his pace. I think is is going to help him against. Caleb Young, who also has good pace. Mm-hmm. I just think he's got more ways to score. I do think it's I think it's tight though. I think it's mm-hmm. a close match. I think it's like one takedown match. Okay, I I still think in my mind Caleb Young is gonna be coming late here and it's gonna be interesting. But I've got Brayton Brayton close in this one. Yeah, I would take I would take Brayton with the points because I see it as like a sudden victory type take match. Down. So yeah, he gets a sudden victory takedown to win. Yeah, that's the other thing that's annoying about the if a minus one in a wrestling match is, and this is why freestyle betting would be better because of the criteria. But if if it goes to overtime and it's tied and there's a takedown, then it's it's very clearly a plus two. And I know you may say we have to figure that in, but um, yeah, has gambling baby. In it. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's no different than you know the teams running the ball out or whatever, and they fumble and they run it back for a touchdown. Idiot. Totally, yeah, you know it happens. Bad beats. Garbage time, garbage time points. You gotta factor it all in. Uh yeah. okay. Another interesting match. Alex Marinelli versus Andrew Bubba Sparks. I said bull minus four and a half here. Am I being too charitable to Sparks? I don't think so. Um, Is that about right? I mean he's tough. I'm like I'm going Marinelli by more. I'm taking okay. Marinelli to cover the He's he's not gonna he's not gonna make the same mistake twice, Ben Askren. I he, I mean, Sparks beat Rob. Um, he's probably got a better gas tank than Rob. I would still probably lean Marinelli to cover, but I don't think it's a bad line. Okay, well, I feel better there. Ah, yeah, I think I and I said it at minus four and a half. I'll say Marinelli covers, but yeah, I don't know. I think I think that's about right. Okay, here's this one: Cassiope Gable. I said Gable minus six and a half. Okay, their previous Ooh. matches, it was, was it 9-4? Nine, 9-4 four? Nine, four and 7-5, I nine, think. 9-4 and 7-5. So I'm factoring in improvement from Gable year over year. And desire to beat him by a bunch of points to win the Hodge Trophy. 
Right. And, and he's going to have warm-ups against Costello. Yes, he's going to get Costello. Mm-hmm. Maybe Zach Gla- uh, Glazier bumps up. You never know. Yeah. Maybe ladies' man Jacob Warner. Maybe ladies' man Jacob Warner <laughs> takes it. He says, let's go. Let's go, Gable. <sighs> so minus six Great. and a half. What do you like? I'm taking Gable. Gable. You think he gets bonus? How big? No, it's a give by seven. Oh man, just, just barely miss- beats the spread. Man, if he's, I think if he's within seven, he's gonna get the major. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I, to me, it's like something like he wins by five, or he kind of gets it by a couple points. Like he wins by five, or he covers the six and a half by a, a substantial amount. Mm-hmm. I think if he's, if he's within a takedown, I'll I'm take Cassiope in the points. Yeah. I'll take I'll take Gable in the over, or the cover. Let's see. And I'm I'm taking Iowa on the uh, the spread. So you think they cover the minus twenty four? Yes. Mm-hmm. Dang, I don't think that's a bad bet because they're uh, Minnesota's gonna be favored in one match. Yeah, heavy, heavy. Well, and it, maybe Brayton. Yeah, Brayton so too. If they win two, they get let's say they get nine. Or no, not nine. Uh, three plus six four, there. seven. And they're definitely giving seven. up bonus at other weights, for sure. Seven, and there's eight matches. Yeah. And, I would, I think, I think you're kind of, you'd, you'd be kind of crazy to risk Minnesota there. Yes. To bet Minnesota, because, I, I mean, what, Iowa beat Nebraska by more than that, didn't they? Yeah. So, with, uh, I mean, with the first two weights, three weights, really, they're gonna they're gonna pile up the points. Like Boo Dryden's probably yeah. getting is definitely getting bonus. Spencer, it's like, is it five? Is it six? Forty one. Ironman's gonna be a huge favorite. Forty nine. Max Murin over Block is probably not a major uh, type of match. Bulls got the potential. Seventy four. If Kimmer's back, uh, that yeah. looks like a major. Nelson Brands, Major Taylor Vins. You have to figure he would do the same against Owen Webster. And then, um, you know, maybe Jacob Warner can get it. So, yeah, I think I think Iowa covers the 24, which is crazy because Minnesota is solid and they've looked good this year. But, mm-hmm. yikes, Iowa's just a death squad. Okay, another uh, exciting duel, Virginia Tech-UVA. Very excited for this one. This that is also tomorrow. Uh, a couple interesting matches. I have Virginia Tech as a six point favorite here. Uh, a couple of the matches: Bre- Brian Courtney, Sam Hillegas at one forty one is interesting. Uh, Hunter Bolin versus Batista, Quinn Miller, John Borst. I'm excited for Andy Smith versus Jiello. Call me crazy. I think that's going to be a, a compelling, uh, interesting match. It's going to be a match, Ben. Why? But you're, you're pushing this Andy Smith hype train and. What is your connection to him? Is it just someone you just saw, or what He's is the my deal son. here? He's my son. No, I just I like him. He's I like watching friend. him wrestle. He's your cousin. No, He's no, related. there's no relation. You know? I've never spoken to the man. I didn't so re- actually know did he existed. I heard about him. Um, I've heard learned about him through the grapevine. Heard some great things, okay. and you know now I've got to watch him wrestle, and I'm. Putting the whole package together, and I think he's gonna be really good. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Now maybe I guess so. Now maybe um 
you know, maybe I'm a little ahead of schedule here with the hype train, but I think it's going to arrive at some point. Might be a year early. Might be a year, yeah. a year early. He is a true freshman. Um, he just quit Domino's, I think. He was working at Domino's. I think he's still but working. He just had to cut back the hours so good. a little bit. Is it you have, so good? Have, uh, sorry. Okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. That's what I meant to say. It, at a young <laughs> age, right? So Ferrari's going to be there for a while. Rocky Elam's going to be there for a while. Who else? There's someone else really good. Oh, Braxton Amos is going to be there. Um, you're going to have some really, really good people. So for him no, to... It's a regular uh, who's who. Gone, what do you mean? You know. Those you are the, really, really good freshmen. You got the... Yeah, exactly. Iron's going to sharpen iron. Listen, no one, no one saw... Um, Jared Hot in the NCAA finals back when those uh, uh, no no one saw Hunter Bowen being the number two guy in the country. But these things they just happen down in Blacksburg. Yeah, okay. Especially that weight. I mean, listen, I think we we all think Braxton and Ferrari are super duper good. But I think I think Andy's I'm not saying Andy Smith's gonna win national title this year or next year. I'm saying he could be a guy where we talk about for a while. I think he's good. And okay. I think he can I think he can wrestle with Aiello. Okay. <laughs> not a believer, Ben Askin. What would you set the line? I just, I'm just so curious because uh, to, it's not like this guy was like uh, UWW junior champ or something like that. And like I literally had never heard of the guy when you started bringing him up. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> he's here now. Um, I would set the line for Aiello Smith at like two and a half for Aiello. Really? Yeah. Uh, he's that good. I mean, he lost to um, what's his face by four, Noah. It was six for real though. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't six because it wasn't six. If it was six, it would have been six, Ben. But he didn't. He took him down. Takedowns are worth points. Even if you're going to still lose the match, takedowns are two. Okay, fair enough. All right, no one wants to talk about this. Um, yeah, I think it'll be it. it'll be a good duel. Jason Smith or what's his name? Andy, <laughs> tag on it. Hey, let's talk about the – we got the Ben versus Bracky ball. It's it, not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bracky does not want to talk about this. I've alluded to it several times. Missouri versus the Ohio Bobcats. Um, Who's Ohio's best guy? Uh, Mario Guillen probably at Joel, 33. Joel Greenlee. Um, Are they going to win a like, match? <clears throat> no. They can at 33. I mean, Schmidt's not been great this year, and Gian's ranked like 19th. Um, okay. Yeah, your boy Keegan will get a chance to get a ranked win against Colt Yanger. Um, oh, that's uh, that. Oh, that's an Ohio guy. Oh, so you have two because then is that don't they wrestle Northern Iowa also? Yep, he'll have Oyenik there, so he can jump into the top 20 this weekend. All right, I'm go. Yeah. I'm going Ohio. Plus thirty three in this one. And you <laughs> and I think <laughs> I think Missouri covers that personally. Oh god. They're gonna get a lot of bonus. Unfortunately, I think you may be right. I know um Ohio's been dealing with some uh COVID stuff and they had to forfeit a few weights the past couple weeks. So hopefully they at least have guys in the lineup. Um but unfortunately I think you may be right. Yeah. I mean they're just you know if you're gonna kick a team's neck in, this this is the you know it's gonna be 
the neck is going to be very kickable. In, in, in Ohio's defense, Missouri is kicking everyone's neck. Yeah, in. they just kicked Iowa State's neck. In. <laughs> so uh, the neck kicking tour for for Brian Smith's Tigers is going to continue this weekend. Pitt for NC State is interesting. Uh, a few things I'm looking forward to there. I just want to watch Ed Scott wrestle some more. Exciting freshman so, for, for NC State. Who did NC State have at 49 that he beat out? Uh, AJ Lighton. Hmm. So he, yeah, Eddie Scott. I first watched. You know who I first watched Eddie Scott against? Uh, Eddie Scott and Keegan O'Toole wrestled twice. I think at uh, Flow Nationals, maybe two thousand and oh shoot, what was this? Sixteen, like fifteen, maybe sixteen, oh, okay. somewhere on there. And Eddie Scott looked like a little butterball, but he was a freaking animal. Oh really? Oh we yeah, gotta, we gotta go find back. those matches. Oh, he looks so soft, and I, li- but he's I tough like that as you. Ca- I like that you call him Eddie. I do too. <laughs> is that what people? Is that what people call him, or is that just? Are you just he, on that level with him? No, I just, I just called him that. So he uh, he probably wrestled Aiden and Keegan maybe uh, eight times or something like. It was like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of times. Um, so I got I got to see him a yeah. whole bunch. And then I would do that. I did the Young Guns camp for like three or four years in a row. So I saw him every year there also. It's funny. They wrestled at 113 at yes. what looks like Flow Nats in, it, in April of 2017. By October yes. of 2017, they wrestled at 126. <laughs> so they jumped several weight classes in that period yes. of time. Right, now I want to see Butterball. Butterball knocked him out of. Uh, didn't he knock him out at Super 32 that year? Let's call him Butterball Eddie Scott. Look, look at his 113. He he is soft. I mean, he's really tough, but he's he is soft. I don't know. He kind of looks one. like Luke Pletcher to me. He looks like a know, at 113. Uh, yeah, he kind of looks like he's got big hips. Put the video up. Put the video up. Hold on. You probably like him, Ben. He had uh, oh, that at, oh, yeah, at one point great. at one point last year or his last year um, in uh, in high school in PA, he had like a 28 match pin streak. Boom. Yeah, he's yeah, a, I like I like him a lot. You love butterballs. Yeah, no, you know, there's there's, there's something about um, there's been a handful of guys where it's like somehow the guys I coach have been like attracted to um, like wrestling them. You know, where it's like another guy, Donnell Washington. I feel like I had like 15 guys wrestle him. He's starting <laughs> Indiana now, but like, I see them all the time. And uh, you know, I'm not hateful of my my wrestlers' opponents. I, I develop a good relationship. We see him enough. Yeah, I don't think he's that much of a butterball, personally. Come on, put it up, put it up. We're, we're putting it up. We're putting it up. He's working on it, but I just I don't see it. Okay, he's got big legs. Oh, look at these guys, one thirteen. No, he you can't see in this video, but he's definitely a little softer. Because I looked at this guy. Okay, listen. Here's my real thoughts, Eddie Ed, Ed Scott. I love you, but I, I looked at him I'm like, oh, King's gonna roll this dude quick. <laughs> yeah, and then no, no, he was super tough, super tough. Yeah, it's. Oh my gosh! Look at these guys. Yeah, I know Keegan, <laughs> Young Keegs. Oh, it's hilarious! Funny. I think this went to like triple overtime or something. Yeah, it's a it's a ten minute, ten and a half minute file. So, I would assume. So we can't watch the whole match. I think we could. I mean, there's nothing that can <laughs> stop us from it, but other than the consideration yeah. of our of our loyal listeners. Um, yeah. So who won? Keegan won. I mean, he looks Keegan exhausted. won this one, but he. Yeah, he won at Super 32, though. Or, sorry, Ed won. I think Ed won at Super oh, 32. Ed is devastated. Holy cow. 
This is, <laughs> dude, Keegan looks like he's oh, having bad. Oh, man. Well, I think that's one of those where they wrestled a whole bunch of constellations, like, relatively quickly in succession, um, you know, for both these guys. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, he's so young. That's hilarious. This is funny. <laughs> Tell me Eddie Scott doesn't look soft there a little bit. Come on. Yeah, he's not super, super tight. He looks, man, I don't know. I think he looks pretty strong. Um, oh, Keegan's holding on for the win here. Oh, is he going to hold on? Look. Oh, he's almost pinned. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Oh, he hangs on just barely. <laughs> Close call. Great <laughs> match. That's funny. That's like a consolation match. Probably no one was even paying any attention to it, and now it's like – yeah, you know, it's pretty pretty cool. But yeah, speak Butterball Ed Scott. I'm excited to watch him. Uh, he'll get Luke Kemmer, but really, I just want to watch him against anyone. I like watching these freshmen. Bonacorsi versus Renan, probably the best match of that one. Um, mm -hmm. Renan had a close one with Aiello last week, mm -hmm. so he might be coming back around. So a guy to Let's watch for Renan. sure. And then NC State, uh, 15 point favorite here, I think against Pitt. That's uh, what I put the number at. I think that's. That's probably about right. I I would probably favor. I kind of like pitting the points just because. That's why I would lean. They're so. just scrappy, right? You know you're gonna get fight. Maybe you get an upset. Maybe where you're supposed to get bonus, you hold on for a decision and narrow it a little bit. Um, I think the the only thing that would concern me is I really feel like NC State is much better at forty nine fifty seven, and I feel like they can take advantage of those two weights. Maybe. Yeah. But. I think if I was laying money down, I'd probably lay the points with Pitt. With the Panthers. And that is hard for Bracky to say. It is. As a West Virginia fan, because they, they have a very vile saying that they like to implement that we will not uh -oh. repeat here. Uh really? on these on these two Pittsburghian? Pitt, uh Pitt Pitt versus cool. West Virginia is a very uh, bitter rivalry. Really? They, yeah, they tell them to eat some devour to devour some disgusting I won't even say it. So we'll just okay, we'll just leave it at it. that. Um all right, let's get to this one. Penn State, Michigan State. Um oh, yeah. Penn State's obviously a monster, monster favorite, but uh some very interesting matches within this duel, regardless of you know the assumed duel outcome. Uh so starting at 125, Robert Howard versus Rayvon Foley. I said Foley a two and a half point favorite here. Curious what you guys think. I yeah, I have no idea what to expect out of Robbie Howard. Um, I got to assume Rayvon's going to win, but it'll, it'll give us a good insight into how good Robbie Howard actually is. And I All don't right. know the answer to that. You have ten dollars. You have to place it one way or the other. Where are you putting it? Can we just do like uh, this? Pick this guy or this guy instead of against points because I just like I don't know these wrestlers well enough to be confident of what's going to happen. You know, like with, with I'm looking through the, the six matches that you have listed here. Um, uh, I get, I would go rave on Foley, I guess. I don't know. All right. I, yeah, I would probably go around Foley just cause it's a safe pick. You know what he is. You're not sure what you're getting with, with Robbie yet. Although we think he's going to be really good. It's just like Ravon was a guy who was ranked second in the country last week. Yeah. Um, so I would lay my, the points. I'll take uh, Rayvon. I'll take the plus two and a half with Robbie. I believe. Let's see it. Bo Bartlett versus Peyton Omania. Uh, I think Bartlett's a pretty good favorite here. Uh, if he goes at one forty nine, that's my assumptions that what that that's what we're going to see. But I don't know that for sure. 
But if so, I would I would think Bartlett would probably win there. So Peyton, I gotta go go to wrestle step or Peyton Mania because I I don't really know much about him. Tell me more. I know he's good at Greco wrestling. Yeah. He's that's had really all I know. Yeah, he's much more successful in Greco than he's been in Folk Style, but that does make him very dangerous because he has hit some nasty headlocks on kids. Yes, he does. Um, but I, I would Ooh, take. He got roughed up by Michael Blockus. Mm-hmm. I would oh, take. I would take Bartlett. Oh yeah, for sure. That's what I'm taking. Brady Berger, Chase Saldate. We referred to this match yesterday. I think it's going to be a really close one. I favor Berge. I have a point and a half favorite, but I think Saldate is is showing you know why he was a highly sought after recruit out of California. And yeah, I'll take. I think Berge wins, but I think it's a, like a one to two point match. I'm I'm looking up his. I don't know his profile, so. Uh oh, five four Brayton Lee. Uh, I'll go Saldate. Saldate. I'm I'm okay. going Saldate too. Wow, I okay. think he's really gonna make some noise this year. Dang. And yeah, I don't. I'm not sold on Bergy being that good uh, until we see it again. I've I've been kind of team Bergy for a while. I just sometimes I just don't get off the train, no matter what where it's going. Uh, I, I like Bergy, and also it's like meh, elite recruit at Penn State, healthy. Typically that works out. Jolie versus Jacob Tucker. I, you know, Tucker is a guy that's been in and out of the rankings. He's up at 65 now from being at 57. Good scrambler. He's tough on top. Kind of really solid all around. Jolie, we don't really know. Um, he's got a lot of matches for a guy that hasn't wrestled varsity yet. But I think Joe might be the favorite, but I don't know. I'm curious what you guys think for this one. I'm looking through the uh, wrestle stat for Jake Tucker. I'm going to go Jake Tucker. Tucker over Lee. I think this is an opportunity for Sparty. I'll, I'll take Tucker as well. No, I'll take Joe Lee. Um, I think Jacob Tucker's good. I think uh, this could just be one of those where. Pins- Worry about the pace, the pace factor with Joe. Joe's going to mm-hmm. bring it. And we saw Jake look great against Sparks and then late, just didn't have it to finish the match. And. Joe is maybe not Nick level in terms of overall caliber, but he's going to, he's going to wrestle hard for seven minutes and that could be a factor. Mm -hmm. Um, The only, the caveat is if Jacob can really eat up a lot of time on top, get a takedown early, get a ride going, conserve some energy. That seems to be the path forward for him. Carter Starocki versus Drew Hughes. Drew was a guy I kind of like coming out of high school and I just don't know what happened, but he is just not. Really? Yeah. What? What do you? I don't remember him high school. Where was he from? He's from Michigan. Um, oh, really? Or Indiana. Mm-hmm. Indiana. Indiana. Um, he's really good on top. He's really good with legs. Uh, he wrestled. Didn't he wrestle Mark Hall at Dapper Dan? No, that was um. He wrestled, he wrestled Jake Wenzel, but oh, Wenzel. I, I believe he did wrestle at Dapper Dan. I think he wrestled two matches. If I'm remembering correctly, like. Whippeal was wrestling Team Indiana, maybe, and then someone got hurt, and he did double duty. I feel like, and he won both. Hmm. No, I don't remember. Um. Let me look it up. Pittsburgh. Yeah, he did. Who did he wrestle? <clears throat> no, he wrestled Wenzel. So that Wenzel. means Mark Paris Austin Bell. Um, it almost looks like uh, Drew Hughes has not very, made very much progress because he actually was not bad as a. What looks to be a true freshman. That's what I'm saying. 
Yeah, relatively close with Logan Massa. Um, close with uh, Cracky's boy, Joey Gunther. He beat up on Giant Sebastian. Um, he was like, he lost 3-2 to Isaac Jordan. Like, he had kind of a good year this year. Yes. And then, yeah, wow. Yes, yes, yes. So, he, I don't know. Um, but I think he's going to get beat pretty good here by Staraki. I I would think bonus territory. Jake Allar beat uh, Hughes, I think, 14-1 to 1 or 13-1, to 1, something like yeah. that, last mm-hmm. week. Yes. And Alar is another guy that I, I was really high on coming out of high school mm-hmm. that that is not materialized yet with with Jake. So I got to think it's a beatdown coming from from Staraki. Yes. Um, but it could be just somewhere where it's like straight takedowns, and I could see like a dominant six-point decision where he gets like five or six takedowns on him in riding time or something like that. Sure. Michael Beer versus Cam Caffey, probably the most anticipated match of this duel because oh, – yeah. Where is Michael Beard um, in relation to someone as good as Cam Caffey, who I think we're expecting big things. I think he's a title contender at 197, no question about it. And if um, – you do you agree with that? You oof. Uh, I don't know if I would say title contender. I would say he has the potential to become a title contender. I wouldn't put him in that category yet. Uh, while he had some good wins last year, he did not beat anyone who was like number one, number two, I don't believe. Correct, but that weight was was significantly tougher. Well, let's see what he can do against Noah Adams. Yes, let's see. Let's see what he can do against Michael Beard as well. Uh, I would favor Caffey here. I think he's too good of a scrambler. Oh, yeah. I think he's good on top. I think he can he can ride. So I think he wins by two to three. But this is a big opportunity for Beard, and he's going to have a lot of attacks if he's able to finish quickly. He'll be in good position, but. He's going to get in on Caffey. He's going to get in probably frequently. It's just, can he figure out a way to finish? Yeah. So his highest ranked win, Caffey's highest ranked win was Taylor Venz last year at number eight. So he also beat Asad. I don't think that was, Asad was number 10. I know, but I'm just saying that's a, that's a good win. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I'm taking Caffey in this bet, but I, I also don't think Beard's going to be that great this year. Okay. Out on Beard. Yes. Okay. Is there any reason? Uh, he just I've I watched a few of the NLWC matches. I just haven't been overly impressed with uh, Michael Beard. Um, I think he was really high level in high school, and you know for some reason he hasn't really made the jump to being really high level in college. And I think he graduated like I feel like he's like done like seventeen gray shirt years or something. I feel like he's been at a high school for a while. Yeah, this will be his third year out of high school, I believe. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so I think. Go ahead. No, I was gonna look up Gavin. Him and Gavin Hoffman wrestled at who's number one, and Hoffman is a uh, redshirt sophomore. So his yeah. So that sounds about right. Yeah. So he lost last year. He lost to Bullsack, who was number nine. He lost to Traxler and Laird, who were twenty and twenty-one. And his biggest win was over Dakota Gear, who was number 13. So um, I, I see him as like a round of 12 type guy. Maybe he sneaks in and he's a little All-American. But I also, if he lost in, say, the round of 16, or, I, I'm not all that shocked. Right. Okay. Uh, let's go to questions, shall we? Let's do it. We shall. All right. Richard Champion. Well, that's a, that's a great name. If your real name is great Champion. Name. Uh, 
So this is this is a question I believe directed at me because uh, this is something I've said. How do you have Dayton Fix ahead of Thomas Gilman at 57? Pretty sure Gilman beat Fix last time they met at 2020 Pelicone, which is true. Where Fix tested positive for PEDs, and he's never met Suriano since beating him in college. He's top tier, at least equal to Fix and Suriano. I, I, yeah, all true. I guess in my mind, I'm like the element of Dayton just being an unknown against Soriano <laughs> and Spencer. <laughs> God bless you, Ben. Is keeps him in that conversation for me. I'm kind of at a point where I'm like maybe Spencer and Soriano are passing, but it's it's one of those until I see it, I'm not sure. But I feel, I guess I feel certain that. Gilman now, after watching him, Soriano and, and hearing what I've heard about the Spencer Gilman goes in Iowa, I'm kind of like, okay, well, maybe he's not really – maybe he's on that second rung right now. I don't know. Um, so that's why I put Dayton there. It's kind of just in – we haven't seen it, the element of mystery, which is not really necessarily a reason to keep someone in consideration. But um, I don't know. I guess that's my thought process, as flawed as it may be. As flawed as it may be. Um, I think that's reasonable, though. I mean, Gilman, I feel like, has maybe taken himself out of that top tier with the losses to Seth Gross and then the one he took at um, in France. So I, th- I think you're right on there. Okay. Um, but, yeah, no, no one's eliminating Thomas Gilman from contention. It's just my current view of, of those guys. Um uh, why do some international tournaments use tarps instead of regular wrestling mats? Um, because they're is, dumb. Is the tarp on top of a normal wrestling mat? How do they keep the tarps from bunching up? Well, they do bunch up. But I've heard some American freestylers are like they love wrestling on the tarps. Like they think it's why I don't know. I forget who I re- read that said that, but it was like a guy. I'm like these look so terrible. They just look bad. Um, you see them less I mean, and the less o- now. The only actually. Thing- yeah, the only argument you could make would be that there's uh they have better grip. I mean, I don't know what else you would argue. Yeah, I think think it's something like that, like a grip grip argument. I've never wrestled on the on the tarps. Did you? I'm sure you did in your Yeah, that was actually I snapped my that's how I snapped my finger. This one where the uh, my top two knuckles came off this one, it was cuz my effing I was in a quad pod someone was trying to gut me and my finger got caught in the tarp and snapped off. Dang it. So I I hate the tarps. Yeah, tarps, they're, they're not good. I think you see less of the tarps because UW has that a mat deal with uh, with Dolomer. So, like, a, almost all the UW, UW events, it's just, it's just straight. Those, like, standard mats that we saw in France and the ones, weekend. Yeah, and good point. And now that it's not, like, the yellow, red, and blue mm-hmm. thing, now that it's all the blue and yeah, orange, I think new mats are getting ordered or whatever, yeah. and they're just – the tarps yes. are going the way of the dodo, yeah. which, is, which is good. It's just a – very yes. amateurish look. I agree, hundred percent. Um, I like the blue and orange too. I think it's a mm-hmm. sharp. Uh, okay. Next question. Um, who has the best chance of beating Spencer Lee, and why? I, I assume he means at fifty-seven, uh, because no one has a chance unless Nick Soriano <laughs> enters the chat at at one twenty-five NCA. Um, who? What do you guys think? Uh, I agree. No one has a chance unless Nick Serrano enters the chat. And at 57, um, at this point, maybe just Dayton Fix. I think Soriano has the has a uh, good chance. I think Dayton has the – I think there's just something 
in that that rivalry with their their Akron match back in ancient times. Um, there's something there, but I feel like Dayton needs to wrestle Spencer far away from the weigh-in. I think the weigh-in is going to be a thing for for Dayton. It's just going to yeah. be tough for him to make 125, and we'll see with Soriano too. I feel like one thing you have with why I like Spencer and Yanni at 57 and 65. I feel like the scale is not going to be a major factor mm-hmm. for them. I don't know yeah. how. Uh, I feel like Gilman's good at 57. I feel like I'm sure it's a really tough cut, but he's never shown a sign where that was really hard for him. I feel like with Nick Soriano, I think the cut is a thing, and it was tough on him at Fort Worth. I think Dayton, I think it's just known. That's going to be a, real, a tough weight cut for him, 57. And at 57, 65, no one's sitting out. So our best guy is going to wrestle right away a couple hours off the scale at, at yes. 57. And what we know about trials is it's going to be a condensed, super elite field, right? And so with that consideration, um, you know, it's it's going to be – you're going to have someone good right away. So I kind of like that angle for, for those two guys, in, in addition to them being, like, you know, super, super good otherwise. I think they're the right size. Um, okay, this is probably a question better for – Ben, in West Virginia, we have a very condensed season this year, about six competition weeks. My program will have a lot of wrestler, wrestlers with little or no experience. What would be your main points of focus slash emphasis to prepare your team for the postseason? I mean, if you guys haven't wrestled, are they really all that worried about doing that well in the postseason? <laughs> That's a tough one, right? Um, I guess just teach them the basics, stance, single leg, sprawl, and maybe a, a stand-up or quad pod of some sort. Stand-up probably be a simpler tactic to teach. Uh, quad pod takes a little while to get a feel for it, although it's probably more effective in the long run. Um, probably those couple things. That's it. It's not – yeah, six weeks is <laughs> such a short window to teach people who haven't wrestled a lot. Yeah. It's so stupid what they're doing. I think headlocks is probably what Oh, I what are teach. they doing? They just they just kept backing up the start date of winter sports, and they're not even going to start until like March twenty fourth now or something. What start Wait, what? March? Yes. What is West Virginia doing? Get your people online. I think Illinois is doing April, May, and June. Classic for high school, and like, which is like well, that's like a that disaster. Saying, it's really short season too. It's not even like they're doing like I don't know through like the end of the school year, which they probably could. You know, March through like May, they're just. Going a short little six, eight week season, something like that. That's strange. Well, for me, it'd be interesting, like with Illinois, who's doing a spring season. I think someone else in maybe California, um, you know, will their best kids do the high school season or will their best kids go and do UWWs or Northern Plains or whatever else is, you know, whatever big stuff is going on? Yeah, I'm not sure what, what they'll end up doing. Um, if I was a really elite kid, I wouldn't wrestle the high school season. Yeah, it's it's world team season. Yeah. Really. Uh, unless there's, you know, they can get a carve out. and I mean, because for so many of the elite kids, winning a state title is a formality anyway. So it's like, yeah, can I just do the qualifiers and wrestle at states and then move on? Yeah. Uh, maybe that would be a reason. But, yeah, I mean, I think if you're coaching, you you have a short window. I mean, I basically only coached inexperienced, started new wrestlers. You just got to <laughs> Like, no one – I have maybe, like, two or three wrestlers that had, like, middle school experience that I got to coach. I mean, basically, everyone is new. You just got to teach the basics, drill a lot. Um, yes. And, you know, 
hope to hone that muscle memory for a few positions and, and then see what you got. Uh, it's not as fun when you have to drill, 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 but it's, I don't know. In in my experience, it's like the only way to quickly get someone up to speed to where they can do stuff at a basic level. What's the better chance for David Carter winning a natty? Uh, this is from Siowa14, which is not Sion's burner, but he asked the question yesterday. Uh, should David Carr go through Deacon and Hydley or Mackay and Marinelli? Uh, and he also says, may the curse of Frank Solish live forever. <laughs> I feel like 57 is, I don't want to say easier, but from a matchup perspective, I think maybe makes more sense for David than Mackay and Marinelli, right? I is think. There- yeah, yeah. Is there a um? Is there an actual? Is this a thing? Like I didn't think that David Carr moving up was a thing. He's eventually going to move up. I'm I'm sure of that he's he said as much uh, last year. The cut is a thing, but I think at 57, I think for their team, it makes more sense for him to be there this year. And with its fewer weigh-ins, all the reasons we already know, I think he's just going to stay there. Um, but I so I w- I would say 57. I think he can match up yeah. well with those guys. He did beat Deacon in freestyle too in October. That's a good point. I forgot about that. Yeah. But yeah. So that's my that's my thought there. And that's pretty much that's pretty much the that's the questions. And I think that's, that's the, the best ones. Yeah. I think everyone oh, was look at look at uh Missouri. Missouri's having a high school season it's longer than normal. What? Take that, West Virginia. <laughs> Why? Cordell, Ray- Cordell Raymond saying that. He's in the chat right now. Um, I think he's just bragging because they're having a long. Wisconsin is also shorter than usual, I think, by about three weeks. Ross three Patton, weeks. Is, were you talking trash about Virginia's eight classes? First of all, it's seven. So <laughs> check check your math. We only have seven classes. And I don't know. It's The jury's still out on which is a tougher wrestling state, Virginia or or uh, or Illinois. I don't know. We'll we'll maybe we'll find out one day. But right now we just we just don't know and we can't know. There was no Fargo last year, so we didn't get a chance to find out. Yeah, at this point there's there's no way to know. Is Fargo really the, the best way to know? I don't know. Okay, let's get the heck out of here. Uh nine thirty two deep in the heart of Texas. Thank you guys so much for listening. No. no tacos. We're Man. on our own. Bracky I'm had his classic Bracky had his uh, chicken biscuit and hash brown already from McDonald's. He loves it. Oh, baby. I love McDonald's. <laughs> I might go. I haven't had McDonald's breakfast in a little bit. Oh, I might hit it up. Uh, I'm going to treat don't myself. Do, don't do it, CP. Don't hey, do it. Hey, we're hiring. If you're good, apply. Who are you hiring? I don't Who? know. It depends. For what? The job post content position. All right. If you want to work here, you can apply. If you don't know cool. if you should apply, just apply anyways. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time, next Tuesday. Have a good weekend. We out.